Good morning. Can somebody get the lights back there so I can see? I know. <laughs> That's unfair. When you can see me and I can't see you. Welcome, by the way, to the living room. <laughs> I know Brooke, Brooke said uh, it doesn't feel like a living room because it's a garage, but, but it is interesting that that's uh, what the Lord laid on my heart. I mean, long at the, at the beginning, before we were even in a home. And then it became manifest, obviously, in a literal sense, in the home. But he gave me visions of these insanely huge buildings where the stage looked like a living room. And it, was, it wasn't some catch thing like, hey, this is your niche or whatever. It was, this is where he is. This is the intimacy of being with him, of just sharing with him, sitting there and just being with him. So I don't know if, if uh, our sanctuaries or whatever you want to call them will, will be officially called that, but that's what it is. That's what we're here to do. We're here to just meet with our Lord and Savior. We're here to hear from Him. We're here to worship Him. We're here to exist with Him and, and just be with Him. So, so that's, that's a huge, huge statement, huge, huge thought. But before we get going, uh, let me just pray this morning. I know Brooke just prayed. And I want to pray as well. Father, we worship You. We praise You. We love You, Lord. We thank you. Oh God, the times in which we stand right now are what we have been waiting for and longing for for decades. What we have been hearing about for years and even into perhaps decades. But what we have expected what we have believed in our hearts because you said it we have believed it and we're seeing it come to pass Lord what a turmoil this world has been twisted into and yet you give a peace to those who know your voice and are intimate to your calling Thank you for that peace. That's truly the peace that makes no sense, that passes all understanding. Makes no sense to be at peace in turmoil. But yet, that's what we experience. We also experience victory in this turmoil. Because the turmoil coming about is not because of oppression against your children. It is your hand. It is your judgment against the rulers of this world, both in your realm and in ours. Because when a person takes a place of leadership, they accept a responsibility 
for those that they lead. And even in the demonic realm, even in Satan's led authoritative realm, you have expected it to be stewarded properly. That's what Psalm 82 was all about. Where his realm did not steward properly. And you promised in that moment that you will take back the nations. Because the steward that you would allowed to be in charge did not steward it properly. That is where we find the earth today in our physical human leadership all over the world. Not everyone, but many, if not most, have stewarded your plan improperly. So, Father, we're excited. We're excited that you are the one doing this. You are the one here. You are the one bringing to pass what you have said throughout your word, throughout those 66 books written by over 40 authors. And yet it was one clear voice. Or give us ears to hear. That which your spirit says. Give us eyes to see that which your spirit intends for us to see. I give you my mouth. I give you my will. I give you everything about me to use as a vessel for your choice, your liking. I ask that you speak through me whatever you want that there is none of me present, but only you. I plead this with you because I too know that I am held responsible for what comes from my mouth. So Father, if it is you and I give it to you for your Holy Spirit to flow through me, then I trust it. So keep me far from it. Keep my flesh, my fallen flesh, far from it. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's been another interesting week. I mean, now these these things are going to start coming over and over and faster and faster and faster. But another milestone came about that I remembered. I mean, it it happened before I was born, but I remember just the turmoil of it. And literally, I believe this. I, I believe this is what led to Roe v. Wade, what led to many of the things that were passed during that Supreme, Supreme Court. And I, I won't dovetail here, but if you want an interesting... Um, study. Go back and look at the Supreme Court back in that time frame in the 60s, early 60s into the mid 60s. 
Look at the Supreme Court back then. Look at the Chief Justice back then. If it doesn't surprise you when you find it, that'll surprise me. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) I'll, I'll let you go up and pull up all the conspiracy theories about who he worshipped. Because it's, it's really clear when you start pulling it up. Anyways, a lot happened this week. One of those things was prayer being allowed back in schools at the federal level. That Man, that's huge. That is huge. I, I really believe that that was the beginning downfall of Roe v. Wade. Of that getting overturned. And there was an agenda some 50, 60 years ago that came to pass that really has ruled over the majority of my lifetime. And God's breaking it down. Oh man. I mean what takes man decades and decades and even centuries to build, God knocks down in a moment. In a moment. Nobody, I mean, except God's children that have been listening to him, nobody expected these things now. They may have seen some signs coming when, you know, Trump got to appoint three justices and this and that. But nobody, except for those who were listening to his voice, knew these things were coming and coming so quickly. But yet, if you listen to his voice, that's all he's been saying. That's all he's been saying is get ready for the suddenlies. Well, guess what, guys? The suddenlies are upon us. Those suddenlies will get, can you say more sudden? <laughs> suddenly, Lee, Lee. Right? They're going to become more and more and more. It's going to get to the point where it's like, whew. Okay, Lord. For those who do not hear his voice, for those who do not understand what's going on, it's, and, and I'm talking about Christians, by the way. I'm talking about those who have accepted him as Savior, have their golden ticket to heaven, but do not understand relationship with him, do not understand his voice. They're going to be sitting back overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Because the destruction in his judgment that is coming we're going to be aware of. We won't be in it. Recognize the difference. Israel, when they were being pulled out of Egypt, they were there in Egypt and in the land of Goshen where they lived right next to it. It wasn't like, okay, we'll travel over to Egypt, which will take a couple days. No, they worked every day. Right? They were right there. But yet the plagues that affected Egypt did not affect them. Even the darkness, which is extraordinary when you think about it. Because that's the very thing God has said about us. There is a darkness coming. It has been prophesied by more than me. Many more. And and not only that, but it has been said in the Word of God several times. Don't assume that that day of the Lord is only at the end of the tribulation because it is but there's another day of the lord if if you want to really bite into that and understand that do a study on day of the lord in the word of god because you'll pull it up and you'll start to see oh wow okay well this is a little different than that one 
There's some subtle differences here. Even though there are many similarities, there's some subtle differences. Then as, and by the way, let me say this. Any time that you study the Word of God, do yourself a favor and begin by praying, Lord, send your Holy Spirit to open my eyes. Because, by the way, do you know that's his job? That's his job, to literally facilitate God's Word to us. And when you do that, you're going to find something will begin to happen. Things that you've read a thousand times all of a sudden will... Wow, okay, never saw that before. And what the Holy Spirit does is He takes that and He just peels back a layer and He reveals a deeper meaning. I mean, the Word of God, those 66 books, is so incredibly complex, even on its surface. In fact, it's so complex on its surface that people have come against it and said, no, this can't be this or this can't be that. You know, it says this over here and it says this over here and it's confusing and everything else. You cannot understand the depths of God and the depths of his word without the Holy Spirit, without relationship with him. At best, you can understand the historical value at best. At best, you can understand the intellectual application of something. And thank God, that's all that's required for our justification of sin. Thank you, Lord, that we didn't have to understand everything about you in order to be redeemed, in order to be saved, in order to accept His Son as Savior. Because that's just the beginning. That's literally what unlocks the capability of inviting the Holy Spirit to teach us. So I, I, I encourage you, dive into some of these things. Dive into the day of the Lord because it's twice. You'll find in Scripture is twice. In fact, you'll find in several books, it's described two different times in the same book. Happens in Isaiah. Happens in Zechariah. And when you start peeling these things back, let the Lord just show you. Because He will. He will. He wants to. He wants you to be diving in to His Word. He wants you to be hungry for Him. Right? He, he said, an open mouth, you know, one who seeks me, they will find me. Right? If, if we have an open mouth and we're just, we're just wanting from Him, just teach me, show me, guide me. You don't think He's going to fill it? Of course he is. Of course he is. And he's not going to say, okay, yeah, let me, uh, let me go ahead and get you registered for blank, blank, blank seminary, and then you'll learn. Oh, man, don't waste your money. Forgive me for all those seminary students. I was one too. But don't waste your money if you want the truth outside of intellectual prowess. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You can't. And by the way, you can do it no matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you even have a high school degree or diploma. Yeah, you don't get degrees till college. Certainly a college degree, but even a high school degree, even if you didn't go to school at all, doesn't matter. Because it is the Holy Spirit that teaches. It is the Holy Spirit that literally infiltrates your mind 
and begins to unravel paradigms that we've had for years and begins to show us truth. That's what he does. That isn't why you need the rest of the bride. We need each other. And iron sharpens iron. But don't think that you have to have somebody tell you who God is. You always go to the Word of God yourself. Always. Don't listen to what I say in on a Sunday morning or, or whenever you might listen and just breathe all that in without going to the Lord for it. Because He'll give you confirmation. There's no confirmation in me. I don't sit at my desk and write out confirmations for you. Okay, here, send this one to Isaac because he asked for it. Here's another one here. Here you go, Cole. No, those confirmations aren't mine. Those confirmations are the Lord's and they're between you and the Lord, but you have to go after it. Because we're in, we're in confusing times for those who don't know. We're in confusing times for those who don't understand what God is doing. If you see that He is literally in the director's chair of what's going on, it gives you a different purview of what, what is happening. It gives you an understanding and a confidence knowing who He is and who you are in Him that what He's doing is for your good. And He is. Now we're starting to see the fruits of it. And, and yet those fruits are what will bring more turmoil. There's turmoil coming. He, he took me again this morning. <laughs> As I said last week, he took me to Isaiah 24. And reading Isaiah 24 through, through 28, he described what we are in right now and what is beginning. And if you don't know him and don't know his voice and aren't willing to believe in what he says, that he is the one orchestrating these things, and you're, you're in for a world of confusion here, guys. Because just like Israel when they were in Goshen, they weren't affected by it, but they saw it. And yet they were still affected by the oppression of it. Right? What happened when, when God started doing the, the, uh, the plagues through Moses? Well, immediately it turned against Israel. Fine, you want to do that? Then not only will you make your bricks, but you will gather your own straw to do it. You're going to literally come up with all your own materials. It was the enemy trying to bake the, break the back of God's people. Why do you think that would not be the case right now? Of course it is. Of course it is. When the oppression of man comes upon us, like, you know, COVID and now it's required that you wear 80 masks and, you know, put a bag over your head and your whole body. Okay. That affects us. It affects us. We feel the oppression of that, even if we reject it, which we should. Because, by the way, there is another 
time coming where the Lord has been saying this so often. There are lockdowns that they will attempt. There are these things that they will attempt to do to control. This is all about their control. And when I say there, I'm talking about the enemy of God. I'm talking about not, not the people. The people are his puppets, guys. They're his puppets. It doesn't excuse what they're doing. Please understand. But recognize that's not the real enemy. The real enemy is the enemy of God. And people can choose to be his puppet or not. But in this case, we have to recognize what's going on. There is more coming. Man, when, when we get into Isaiah 24, it talks about the destruction at a level that has never been seen before. I was asking the Lord, and I mentioned this last week. Isaiah is a really confusing book in many levels. And one level is that, that was always confusing to me, always confusing to, to so many, is that it, it seems like two books. You know, there are a lot of similarities in the first half and the second half, and there's kind of like this little transition over in the middle. But it, it just seems like two books. And that's, that's what has fed the argument that, that there's some that believe that, that it wasn't Isaiah that wrote both. Or they believe that maybe he went through something in his life that changed him. You know, I don't know, maybe he had kids or something. You know, and rewrote it. Let me go back and fix this. No. What God was displaying was a grand mystery that is only now being unveiled. Do you you believe that God didn't have any mysteries in his word? Do you believe that he laid out everything in his word that Satan would have access to of his plans? Of course not. In fact, if you believe that, you're dead wrong on one thing that's very clear in the Word of God. When John heard the seven thunders, he went to write it down and the angel said, Don't. That's not for today. That's not to be revealed yet. That's to be revealed another day. Well, when do you think that is? It's in God's timing. But I'm here to tell you, those are being unraveled now. Now. It is in the readying of His bride that they're being unraveled. One of the unraveling pieces is that all throughout the Old Testament, this shadows of His plan were hidden. And when you have the Holy Spirit teaching you in His Word, it starts to become clear. Boy, you want a confusing book. How about read Zechariah? Read Zechariah when, you know, Joshua, he's given authority of the courts and, and all this, and it's going good, and he's crowned, and, and all this is going good, and then it's going bad. And then all this destruction comes, and then it's good again. And if it ended there, then it'd be okay. Yeah, we could deal with that. That's, that's what God has said everywhere. But guess what? It gets bad again. Wait a second. 
Was there a hiccup or something? Like, is, is this a, did you reverse and, and you're saying this again? No, there are reasons for that, guys. Recognize, we, we believe so easily that God's Word is God-breathed, right? It's, it's not just some thoughts that God gave man and here, interpret this how you want and write it down so some people can maybe follow this. It's not that, it's God-breathed. That's, that's what it means when it says, by the inspiration of God, it is God-breathed. If you believe that, then you have to know that God, every single word, every single nuance in the Word of God has meaning and holds meaning. So, so okay, in Zechariah, when it gets bad and you have this world judgment, you have this day of the Lord, and then it gets good again from that because you come, the Messiah comes, and, and then it gets bad again, and then it gets good again. Okay, what, what's going on there? That was a shadow reference, just like in Isaiah, a shadow reference of this mystery being unfolded. The mystery is simply this, and and I'll just say it as concisely as I can. The mystery Paul talks about is the bride. The mystery is the fact that the Gentiles were grafted in to the bride. The mystery is how Israel rejected their Messiah, and so God says, okay, then I will offer myself, Jesus Christ, to another, to a bride who will be faithful, the Word of God says, while yet holding on to the same promises that were before. God is not a God who should lie. Every promise he made to Israel will be fulfilled. That's why it doesn't replace that. The bride doesn't replace Israel in terms of God's providential plan. It does in terms of going to heaven, by the way. It does. That's what Paul said. When when the new covenant of his blood was given, the old one was done away. We do not have to be freed under the law. Thank the Lord, because we couldn't. We couldn't. That's why the law was given in the first place, was to show that we couldn't do it. But what is happening now is God is doing with his bride what he told Israel he wanted to do with them. And there's a very specific purpose in that. It says in... Romans 11, 11, to make them jealous. <laughs> you know, what, a, what a simple thing. What a simple thing. You, you want somebody to recognize truth. Okay, go and offer it to somebody else. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait a second. Wait, th- those look an awful lot like what we were promised. And that's what's going to happen. The readying of the bride is a foreshadowing That's the word the Lord gave me, a foreshadowing of what he will do for Israel. It is not a judgment just on the bride, just like the tribulation is not a judgment on Israel. The tribulation will be a judgment on the world for Israel's sake. 
Now, just like we are now, it is a judgment of the world for the bride's sake. But yet, before that came about, which is the times that we are in right now, there was a separation. And there is a separation underway in his bride. It is literally Revelation 3, the spitting out of the lukewarm. Whatever spitting out is, I don't know. But recognize that what is going on is a separation of the bride. It is those who are hot for him will be separated from those who claim his name but don't walk in his faith and walk in his favor. So this foreshadowing is what's going on right now. Don't, that's why so many people that are unaware, they think we're in the tribulation, we're going into the tribulation. No, there's a few problems with that. First of all, you're not going to see an Antichrist rise. All you're going to see over the next three years, which it is all over, all completed within three years. Because it was three and a half years and that was, I think, Lord... That was August 1st, right? Or somewhere around the beginning of August. So three and a half years from the beginning of August is when this woe is complete and done, finished. So what you see over the next three years is a judgment against the world for the sake of a readied bride that is becoming ready. That's what's going on. This judgment is against the world that has stewarded the world improperly. Stewarded it against God. Let's go to Isaiah 24. Now, you know what? Before we go there, the Lord took me to another verse. I want you to go here first. Isaiah chapter 7. We're not going to go through... This isn't... When he showed me this verse, it just about floored me. And... It's something we need to have in our minds as a preface of everything that we're doing in these times. As a preface of understanding our responsibility. And let's go down. Chapter 7, verse, actually 9b, the second half of 9. He said, if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. I want to read that in the Amplified. If you will not believe and trust and rely on God and on the words of God's prophet instead of Assyria, surely you will not be established, nor will you remain. That's heavy, guys. That's heavy. See, God is not having a separate section for those who don't want to believe and just kind of float along. There's no section for that anymore. None. What is available now is to believe with your whole heart. Dive into relationship with Him with your whole heart. Doesn't matter how young you are, doesn't matter how old you are. And by the way, it doesn't matter how somebody judges you. 
I can't know your heart. None of you can know each other's hearts. We could see some display of the fruits of a heart. Absolutely. And, and we can, we can, Paul says we could definitely, and, and actually we're supposed to judge actions. But that isn't, it, it is only for God to know the heart. He's the one who, I think, I think we're all going to be surprised by the people that end up standing up for God. I think we're going to be surprised. And I'm talking about the ones who are Christians now that, that may be cold and don't know. We're going to be surprised because God knows the heart. That's who he looks at. That's how he looks at each one of us. But recognize, I want to read that again. If you will not believe and trust and rely on God and on the words of God's prophet instead of Assyria, in in other words, believing God instead of believing what you see, because what was happening here, uh, Isaiah was told to go to um, uh, King Ahaz to tell them, you know, don't worry, I know the, these people are coming against you to take you over and all this, but don't worry because God's on your side. They could have believed the people that were coming after them. They could have believed the oppression. They could have believed the confusion. They could have believed the surroundings and what they saw going on. And that's what he's saying here. Don't believe that. Believe God. Believe his voice. So again, on God and on the words of God's prophet instead of Assyria, surely you will not be established, nor will you remain. Now, it doesn't mean that you won't be saved anymore. It doesn't mean that. You can't lose your salvation. When you accept Jesus Christ as Savior, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 kick in. You are stamped and sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not your own power, his power. And you're, you're sealed until you receive the promise, which is what? Eternal life. So until you receive it, you're guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. And there is not a higher guarantee. So it's not about losing your salvation. It's said here, again in the Amplified, you will not be established, nor will you remain. I'll leave that to you to interpret, ask the Lord. But when we are moving into a new time frame, what is the Lord doing to the bride right now, the remnant bride? He is establishing his remnant bride. Oh, man, I'll tell you. We've been waiting for this for a long time. But recognize that the bride, the remnant bride... And what, what do I mean by the remnant bride when I say that? I'm talking about the hot. I'm talking about those who are hot for the Lord in their heart. He sees the heart, right? That's his remnant bride. That is the bride that he is establishing at this time, bringing his bride together, literally readying his bride to rule. So Jesus Christ will rule on this earth. Get this. Jesus Christ will rule on this earth through his bride by faith. That is what will make 
Israel jealous. Because they're going to have a hard time considering that, you know, it's not Mohammed ruling. It's not Buddha. It's not, you know, any of these other quote-unquote gods. No. We believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Same one as them. There's one dramatic difference, though. We believe Jesus as the Messiah. We believe Jesus is the Son of God and literally inserted Himself as God, inserted Himself, made Himself lower than the angels, inserted Himself into His own creation as a man to live a life without His power, without His authority. Recognize that. Didn't mean He didn't have it. He never stopped being God. But he by choice took on this life as a man to live this life to show us how. See, none of us are God. So if he showed us how to live life as God would live life as a man, that wouldn't do us any good. Wouldn't do us any good at all. He had to show us what it would be like to live a sanctified life that we could do. And he said that. In fact, he said that one day you will do much more than me because I go to the Father and I'll be right there whispering in his ear, yeah, yeah, what this guy's saying here, what this girl's saying here, yeah. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Do it. And the Father will do it. So recognize that. But know that if we do not believe, our faith is tossed. Like on a sea. Right now we can turn to Isaiah 24. And you know what? I, I'm not, we'd be here forever if I go through this whole thing. I'm not going to do that. I think I told you last week to read it. Hope you, hope, hope you did. I want you to read basically, again, from 24 to 28. And recognize what's going on. This is judgment against the earth in this time. This is this time. This is the time in which we're in right now. It is judgment for your sake. It is judgment for the bride's sake. Right? What he has said is coming. This turmoil that's coming, which, which guys, it's, it's here. It's here. The darkness that he said would start, started. The confusion that he said would start, started it's it's here it's been here now the suddenlies are just going to make it faster and faster and faster you don't have to believe me just hold your breath and watch it won't even take much time if we could project forward to december 31st of this year and be able to look back over the last six months i think we'd be shocked because what God is going to pack in those six months is going to mean more than he did in the last several decades. It's going to be extraordinary. Don't be afraid of what's coming. Recognize who you are. Recognize whose you are. Because, see, just like the Israelites in Goshen, there's supposed to be light on you. As this darkness ramps up, you're going to stand out. 
Those with relationship with Jesus Christ will stand out. And you're supposed to. You're supposed to. Not to be a target. Oh, good night. God's the one shooting. He's not aiming at you. Right? And it doesn't mean you won't feel oppression. We already talked about that. Israel, you know, they had to make their own bricks and get their own stuff. Doesn't mean we won't go through oppression. Doesn't mean we won't feel things. But know who is behind the trigger. It's God. Know who his target is. It's not you. It's not those who are hot for him. But you're to be a light. You're to be a source of hope. Do you know with the darkness coming, God is going to put, and there isn't a single person here that this doesn't apply to. God is going to put people in your life day by day that are going to see hope in you for some reason. They're going to walk up to you. I mean, Bible talks about it where they'll go grab your hand and want to follow you. What are, what are you doing? You clearly know the living God. I want to know Him. How do I know Him? Man, you better, you better start planning on that because it's, it's going to happen. And by the way, that's what you want. You know, we talk about evangelism and, and yeah, it is hard, you know, when the Lord tells you you're at Walmart and the Lord says, go over to aisle five and, you know, pray for the, pray for the guy that's at the Wheaties box. Okay. Go over there and you walk around and, you know, it's this biker about six, seven, 320 pounds. Looks like he'd just want to rip your head off. And Lord, did you mean this Walmart? Right? Now that's hard. That's hard. Now, by the way, you're still supposed to do it. But it's hard. The days are coming and they're even here where that will change. I mean, and I'm not saying God won't send you over to talk to somebody. But people are going to start coming to you. You know, I've just noticed a difference with you. This, this, this stuff going on doesn't seem to scare you. Why? I, I, I'm terrified. Why, why are you not, not afraid? Why, why does this not bother you? And God will start placing a light on you that is a reflection of his hope. And, and that is our responsibility. And, and by the way, our joy Man, alive, there is nothing more joyful. Ask anybody here who does it. Nothing more joyful than to sit down and show relationship with the Lord. Beginning with salvation, justification of sin. Oh man, the joy of praying with somebody to accept the Lord. Man, it's probably not a good word, but it's intoxicating. It really is. You want it more and more and more. Oh, God, I see you work in this life. I see you just change this life from, from lost to now redeemed. But it's the same, same feeling when you talk with someone and all of a sudden the light bulbs go on about relationship. Oh, my goodness. That, you mean that, that's, that's not just for pastors? That's not just for prophets that's not just for the worship team you mean it's for me it's for all of us yeah it's for all of us it's what he's doing and i I know i keep talking and i i'm just not getting to isaiah 24 am i okay well i am going to read one thing 
because I do want you to read 24 to 28. But don't let it discourage you. Recognize this is judgment against the world that has misappropriated God's positions. Okay? But verse 13 of chapter 24 really kind of sums it up. It says here, for thus, talking about the earth, for thus it shall be in the midst of the earth among the nations as when an olive tree is beaten as at the gleaning when the grape harvest is done. Have you ever seen, now back then, you know, I, they probably go up to it with a club or something like that. Have, have you ever seen today's technology for harvesting olives? Yeah, look, look it up. They have these machines, these tractors. They go up and they grab the thing and they... Literally, it just falls. Everything falls. Everything that can fall, falls. That's what God's doing right now. That's what he's doing. He's going up to the tree that is mankind, the earth, certainly his, his church, and he's putting his hands around the trunk and he's just shaking it. And what is falling are the things that are not rooted and, and grounded in Him. That's what He's doing. That's what it says here that He's going to do to the earth. Now, by the way, why, the earth, why, why isn't it just, you know, He could just insert Himself into people's lives and, and He can, you know, bring judgment on people. You know, why, why the earth? Why is the earth? Why are there going to be all these problems with the earth? Because I'm saving you. You can read it when you're at home. But that's what it's talking about beginning in chapter 24. It's how the earth responds to God's judgment. Recognize God is not judging the earth. Right? The earth, if, if anything... The earth is God's creation, and it has been offended. It has been offended for almost 6,000 years when Adam said, gave away the deed to the earth. So this isn't about the earth being judged. It is about God using the earth as a tool to judge. Have you heard the phrase... You know what? Hold on. Let me make sure there isn't something else here in 24 that I need to go through. Because this other, I know the Lord wants me to go to this other place. Okay. I'll read one more thing. At the end of this three years, or what will, what would have been the three and a half years from last August. Sometime before the end, there will be a moment, there will be days where darkness comes. And I'm talking about darkness in his creation. Not darkness that we see on the streets, not evil. We see that now. I'm talking about a physical darkness. I'm talking about a reaction of creation groaning. Go down to verse 21. On that day, the Lord will punish the host of heaven in heaven. 
Okay, that, that, those are the principalities. Those are the Ephesians 6 higher levels of darkness in the spirit realm. Okay, that's who he's talking about. And, and by the way, don't assume when it says on the day of the Lord, on that day, that it's talking about that, that specific 24-hour period. Okay, because it, it could be or it, it, it may be referring to a period of time. But on that day, verse 21, on that day, the Lord will punish the host of heaven in heaven and the kings of the earth on the earth. They're this is where we're at right now, guys. Okay, this is where we're at right now. They will be gathered together as prisoners in a pit. They will be shut up in a prison, and after many days they will be punished. Then the moon, and this is what I wanted you to hear, then the moon will be confounded and the sun ashamed. For the Lord of hosts reigns on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, and his glory will be before his elders. Creation's groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Why? Because creation is the one that has had everything stripped. We're not God's only creation. He created the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, the trees, the animals. Now, we're the only ones that were redeemable to be his children. Don't, don't assume that all creation is the same, because it's not. You know, it's okay to go and shoot a deer if you want to hunt a deer and eat a deer. It's okay to cut down a tree if you want to build a house. Right? You, you kind of get what I'm saying there? We don't worship creation. But creation was wronged. Creation was wronged when Adam, who was to be a steward of creation, gave that title away to Satan. Said, here, that's exactly what he did. From that moment, creation started to destruct We know the vast difference came with what led up to the flood in Genesis 6. That that was the most dramatic change to creation in all of creation's history was the flood. Because it had been going, 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 and God said, no more. I will produce in judgment a flood to stop this. And he did. And yet says in Genesis 6 that as in the days of Noah are, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We are in those same kinds of days. Now, we, don't, we didn't have YouTube back then. We can't go look at a channel and see what it was like pre-flood. But we could get some inferences. And one thing we do know is sin is sin. Turning away from God is turning away from God. Worshiping that which is not God, which was before the flood, is just as evil today. Don't, don't get this mind frame. Man alive, guys. <laughs> if liberals think that it's bad right now because we're taking away 
or God is taking away their sacrifice of babies, man, he's just getting started. He's just getting started. Now, prayer is going to be able to go back into schools. doesn't mean that they will. Just like when abortion, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, what happened? All these states popping up. Whoa, we want to be a sanctuary state. Well, guess what? Delaware is one of those, and I disagree with that. In fact, I will fight that. With all the power that God gives in my voice, with all the power that He gives in your voice and authority, we will fight that. Because Delaware was the first state. This was not God's intention. None of the states are to be that. Because they are not Satan's any longer. They are God's. They've already gotten the notice to get out. They just haven't gotten out. Exactly. Because God is building his team to remove them. And guys, I'll tell you, I mean, God can do it any way he wants, but it's not going to be because of a vote. I don't know if it'll be, be, I don't even know if we're going to make it to the November vote. I, I don't know. I, I mean, really, really, I don't care. Because God's going to do it. <laughs> it just won't be that refined. It won't be that subtle. God's going to remove these people. And you know why it's going to happen before the end of the year? Because he's got the rest of the world that he's going to do this to as well. It has begun, it has begun here because this is the only nation in history that dedicated itself to the Lord upon its inception. Now, granted, it went awry really quick. But when William Penn came out here and he was given the vision of a nation, he used to ride into the, into the woods and just pray, Lord, do this. Take this land as yours. There was a dedication made by him that stands today. God didn't say, well, you know, William Penn, you're gone now. And, uh, you know, seems like the enemy's taken over, so I'll just give it to him. No. No, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you that there is a remnant in this country that is not only willing to stand, but is eager to stand. This church will stand. It doesn't matter what they try and bring against. This church will stand. These people will stand. And we won't be the only ones. But it will be the great separation. Understand that. Understand that. The time in which we are... What comes to my mind, it's the, they're the days of the gladiator. You know, it, it was... 
pretty ruthless. Right? Just recognize who's on your side. Recognize who the real enemy is. The real enemy is not that person across from you. The real enemy is the spirit that drives them. Their consequences of their choices. But that's up to God. He's the one who knows the heart. So another thing that is coming in the next few months is this idea of creation groaning to recognize the sons of God. It's been groaning. It's been groaning until, I mean, ever since. I I would imagine it started groaning in Genesis 3, really groaned because it had a fit in Genesis 6, and it's been groaning ever since. It's not going to be groaning anymore because the sons of God are about to be revealed. I declare it in Jesus' name. The sons of God are about to be revealed, but recognize the groaning is the reaction of creation. Creation that is controlled by God, it is His creation, will go from a... Where in the world are they? I mean, this fallen people, and we just, we just get it up. All the time. And I obviously, I, I'm not saying creation has a voice, but I'm trying to give you that thought process. When will they be revealed? When we, now, by the way, why? Why is it that creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed? How about creation's groaning until God finally comes back and takes it back? That would make more sense. No. Because God is going to take it back from the people or through the people that he intended to give it to in the first place, which is mankind, which is his children. You know what? Let, let's, let's go there. Sorry. I don't even know. Uh, it's Romans chapter 8. And, and I'll, I'll finish here. Romans chapter 8, let's start at verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For them to be revealed. Not, not, hey creation, hey Paul, he's one of the sons of God. Get excited. That's not it. How will creation know? It's because Paul stands up. And he walks in God and he walks in his plan and literally is a conduit of the Holy Spirit to do his work through Paul. And creation sees it. In fact, creation absorbs it. Creation feels what God is doing because creation loves the Creator. That's just the bottom line. And, and so it is a revealing that will happen. It is not Jesus comes, takes us all up in the rapture and creation goes, awesome, there he went. That's not it. It's a revealing right here. And it's happening right now. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly. In other words, creation had nothing to do with this fall. 
but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. That's real time. That's now. That's in our lifetime. That's, that's what's going on. So let me tell you, tell you what this means. This means as creation is seeing the sons of God to be revealed. Okay. We have, we have this little dog, Charlie. Okay. When I'm gone, especially on a trip and I'm gone for a week, two weeks, whatever, I'll come back. Charlie doesn't know. He doesn't speak English. He can't look at the calendar and say, oh, he's coming back in three days. No, he sees when I'm there. Right? And, and Alexa always let him out of the house, you know, when I'm, when I'm getting out of the car in the driveway and Charlie just comes up and, and he, he has, he doesn't wag his tail. He has more like a body wag and it's like one of these things, you know. And he's all excited and he's beside himself. He, he like can't even help himself. In fact, we let him out because he'll pee. Right? Unless he's totally empty, that dog's gonna pee when he gets excited. That's creation. That's, that's what this is. Creation, when it sees that the sons of God are being revealed, it knows it's time. It's time. And it starts wagging. It starts getting excited. And the result of that is what God's bringing in judgment. That's the earthquakes. That's things happening. And, and I declare it in Jesus' name that you will see earthquakes that come about that have never been in that place. They'll be unexpected in that place. Eruptions in places that would never be expected. Because in our lifetime, in, in, in a hundred lifetimes, they have been dormant. But creation's about to shake. It's about to shake. That tree is shaking. Why? Because it's the sons of God that will be able to hold on. Don't be confused when, when tornadoes or, or whatever, hurricanes, anything else, any reaction of creation starts to come. Do not be afraid, children of God. Because you're in Goshen. It won't hurt you. Doesn't mean you won't feel it. Doesn't mean you won't feel the wind. Doesn't mean you won't get rained on. But you are not the target. I mean, literally, creation's excited to see you. Trust God in what He's doing. But recognize that you're a voice of hope to tell a world who doesn't know. I'm I remember a couple of months ago, I was in Europe. Unexpected trip. The Lord took me to London um, when I thought I was on my way to Africa because he wanted me to speak over Stonehenge and to command it to come down. And I did, and, and I shared that with you. And and I shared it with the the driver that I had hired for the day. And I'm sure he was probably glad to get me out of the car when I was done. But see, when those things start to happen, when a structure that has been up since pre-flood 
I mean, get that. The flood did not even knock it down fully. Get that. That's, that's, that's astounding to think about that. And yet, it's about to come down. When that driver hears that that happened, fear is going to overwhelm him. Hopefully a fear that will drive him to what I said. That is that Jesus is coming to claim his bride. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid when the Washington Monument comes down. Don't be afraid when the Capitol building is destroyed. Don't be afraid when the White House is destroyed. By the way, just for you online secret service, I did not say that I would be destroying the White House. I don't need another visit by the secret service. God's doing all this. I, I, can't, I couldn't do that even if I wanted to. God's going to do it. Don't be afraid. Be excited. Be excited. I loved, I loved, God gave one of the, one of the prophets, Julie Green, that he, he started calling Washington, D.C. their capital. That, that, that's what God calls it, their capital. That was never his intention of the capital in the first place. His original intention was where it all started. And, and by the way, went awry when it started. It, I won't dovetail into that. But it's Philadelphia. You want to make some money, go buy some land in Philadelphia because it's probably going to go up in value here pretty quick. When that becomes the true capital of the United States. And God's going to do that. And this isn't years down the line, guys. This is all done in the next three years. But much of what we see in the U.S. is going to be done much sooner than that. We're going to see civil war. Lord has said that. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid. Man, alive. Creation is groaning on your case. Creation is groaning. Literally, God will bring creation to our assistance. You know, the Lord told me, this is a few years ago, He said, I will bring all of my enemies to one shore and destroy them at once. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to offer interpretation to that. All I know is they're going to be brought to one place and die. Now, I can't say that I even know if that's in the spirit or in the physical, but I assume the physical because already most of the hierarchy of the, in the spirit are dead and they weren't all on one shore, I guess. We weren't in a shore at all. This is, God is talking about the rulers of this world. Now, I can only assume that creation is going to be involved in that somehow. Don't look at what God is doing and be afraid of it. And if, if you could get anything out of today, in fact, the Lord gave me a title here. I wrote it down. He told me, faith is our portion. Faith is your portion. Trust, belief, walking in that faith is your portion. That's all we can do. We can't devise some grand plan to have a tornado hit somewhere in the Midwest. But God can. What we can do 
is have faith in what he's telling us. Have faith that we're protected because it is literally the revealing of the sons of God that is bringing this about in the first place. Because God is at hand. He is the one doing this. Come on up. So if anything, get excited. And what the enemy will do will run in fear. Just want to be sure my, my sound connects online. Sometimes when we switch mics, that happens. Am I, am I good? Am I, am I able to be heard? Okay, wonderful. Man, um, there's so much going on in the spirit. Uh, we're we're going to close in prayer. And um, I'll tell you what, you know, he was mentioning voting. God's vote he's asking for is right now. Right now, choose you this day whom you will serve. What it looks like in a political vote is, is already the stance that you have. And it's really sad that in the political vote, people usually size up candidates who will support their own agenda or whatever is expedient for them, and that's who they'll side with. We ought to already know who we stand with. We need to be looking for leaders who will align with the truth that we are standing with, and that's really the approach to, to, um, to voting in, in the human realm. But, man, my prayer is, um, I know Greg said not to be afraid, but my prayer is this boldness, this boldness. Because one thing that struck me, you know, one of the ways we heard Friday about the prayer being in, um, reinstated in schools was through, um, through the uh, article that Claudette posted on God Squad. What's interesting is when you look at the article, it says opinion piece, it's all through the lens of concern, like, oh, wow, we need to do something about this. You know, this, these, these radical right-wingers have had their agenda one more time and, you know, and on and on. And what, have you ever noticed that um, when righteousness is established or when right things uh, are put in place or even evil is pushed back against? Have you ever noticed, we keep saying the left, but the ungodly um, have a fit? Isn't it interesting how they have a fit? And what the Lord was telling me last night when when Greg was talking about all these things is the reason that we're seeing so many people that that are against the ways and the character and the nature of God have a fit is because the people of God have stopped having a fit when righteousness is impeded upon. We have quieted our voices and not stood loudly in the public square for truth. If that had continued, there wouldn't be these tantrums all around us being allowed to even get one moment of media attention because it would be so, it would be so the fringe, so the absurd, but they get louder and louder as truth ceases to be spoken. And so this boldness, this not being afraid is so important that as we stand for truth, because the thing that I, I, my prayer is, and, and we all ought to be praying, especially for the remnant, but even for the bride to be awakened, is that as, you, as we see these things that to us are good news, the things that God is doing, the understanding of the ways of God and the shaking and the results of the detox, if you will, it's going to cause, you know, part of what's causing the civil war is the fit that those who are against God will have. And those things can be very unsettling. And, and it's time for us in the midst of the pushback to not shrink back, right? And I know some, uh, Sandy here, Linda certainly understands, when you're involved in political discourse and there is now almost no room at all for a dissenting voice from what's, you know, what's the, the evil that's prevailing in, in all the governmental leaders, um, 
it's, it's overwhelming sometimes. I'm so proud of these parents, even who will stand up for basic decency, much less godliness, in these school board meetings. Because the, some of them, as soon as they speak out anything that that's aligns with, sadly, even morality, the, the people have a fit. And they get shouted down. You know, you can't have any conservative visitors uh, visiting to, uh, or speaking at these woke colleges. They literally get driven out with threats against their very lives. These things would not have grown to this extent had the church not become weakened. I was saying this yesterday in the gifts meeting. It's so true. As the church got bigger, it got weaker. And that is what's gotten us into this mess today. So boldness. And confidence, these are things that are relational um, outcomes. You know, you want more confidence in who God is. Spend time with him. Soak in his presence. You'll have so much confidence. You'll obviously exhibit all the fruits of the Spirit. But, um, but that confidence is, um, is going to allow us to stand. Because, you know, we being here and some and online, the, the, when we're like-minded, it's easy to be, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll stand, we'll be confident. But when you're the lone voice... Will you still stand when it isn't as popular? That's what the Lord is looking for. And truth is extremely, extremely powerful. And there will be some, the Lord has said, that when the shaking intensifies, there will be some who will repent, some who will not, some who will defy and deny God to their death. Um, And that's really, really sad to see. And by the way, we will see it in the bride itself. Not that there's a loss of salvation, but there will be a defiance of, of God to the deep surrender that he's requiring that will allow them to be spit out even to their death. Because God will no longer have his name be taken in vain and blasphemed in the very pulpits of the churches that were declared to be established in his name. He's no longer going to let this kind of duplicity, hypocrisy, and evil stand. And praise God for that. So even though there will be things that will be painful, we need to make our voice louder, stronger, and more bold. And what I love is hearing testimonies of people that say, I don't even know what came out of me. I just, I I was not going to let that lie stand. So I just, (laughs) Joy was sharing that this morning. When people were talking and and making these declarations and conversations around me, I'm just not going to let that stand. I'm going to speak to that. No, that's not true. No, that's a lie. No, that's not what God does. Defend the name of God. Stand for the name of God. And, um, and, and you'll, you'll begin to see a shift and it will open people's eyes. So praise God. This is such a, an important word for today. And God is doing exciting things among us. But, um, but he's asking us. He's asking us to stand because it's not, uh, not going to be well received initially. People are going to have their fits and their tantrums. Um, but, um, but God's going to... Um, That's going to do what he's going to do. Let's just pray. Father, thank you, God, for this word this morning. Thank you for the power and the depth of your word that is your breath, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living within us if we have accepted you, Lord Jesus, into our lives. And I pray that anyone listening to this message today who has not received you as their personal Savior will repent of their sins, get your forgiveness, and that they would ask you to come into to their life because you will come. When we seek you, we'll find you. When we ask, we will receive. And so I thank you, Jesus, for what you paid for. I pray for salvation to be had for anyone who hears these messages that does not know you. But I thank you that upon that, Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth living within us. 
So guide us into all truth. Guide us into more depth of revelation of the truth of your word. That you reveal more and more as we believe you for more and more. Because as we believe you, we can be trusted for more wisdom and revelation to be carried in our lives. So God, I just pray that for each and every one of us. I pray for a strength and a boldness to just literally speak forth your ways, your will, your nature, your character, even at the things that that we may feel as oppressive. God, help us to declare that none of those weapons formed against us will prosper in our lives because of you, Lord Jesus. So I thank you for that. Thank you, God, for all that you're showing us. Thank you that your arms are so wrapped so tightly around us. The promise of Psalm 91 and then the armor we have not to just stand in a defensive solid place, but to have the authority and power to be on the offensive with the truth of the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So I thank you, God, for all that you do for us. Oh, God, you are just worthy. Keep us in a perpetual place of worship in every way, with our lips, with our voice, with our thoughts, with our actions, with everything we do, our very existence. Let it just be in a place of worship, God, because you are worthy of that. You deserve it. You are God and there is none else. So we just give you the praise for all that you're doing, all that you will do. And we are excited. We are in agreement with what you are doing. And I just declare this in Jesus' mighty and holy name. Amen. Amen.